Good morning, everyone. Should we just bow our heads in prayer for a moment? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing amongst us. And Lord, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us, inspire us, challenge us, and lead us forward as we seek to see your kingdom come in this town. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, on Wednesday, we officially finished our month of prayer, and uh, we've had a whole series of sermons on prayer as well, but I thought I'd add another one. I can do that. I'm the vicar. I can do whatever I like. So uh, you've got another sermon on prayer today. Um, and you know what? The, the month of prayer has been hugely encouraging to me. Uh, so you know, Wednesday nights, we've been getting over 50 people coming to pray here. And that, that's deeply significant. I don't know if you know that, but that is deeply significant. There aren't many churches that you go to and you have a prayer meeting and you get 50 people coming. That's important. And uh, I'm, I am thrilled to be part of a church that is growing in that, that's starting to see that prayer is vital if we're to do anything in this town. It's a, you know, it's, it's a real encouragement to me. It's a privilege to be part of this church. And um, someone on Wednesday night said to me, uh, so we're going to keep on praying, we're going to keep on meeting on Wednesday night? And the answer to that is no. Uh, but it got me thinking, what's next? What do we do next? Well, of course, for this next season, we are uh, taking our vision and trying to implement it. So we're going to be reshaping uh, our small groups. Uh, soup kitchen is already being in the process of being reshaped. Uh, other things are, we'll be starting new things Uh, There's going to be a whole series of activity. And when I was saying, well, what's next, Lord? Well, this passage came to mind. I felt, Lord, lead me to this. And the passage is really simple, isn't it? The parable is a very simple parable. And Jesus tells us what the parable is about. It was to encourage us to keep on praying and to not give up. And that is my sermon today. Keep on praying, don't give up. Because it would be easy, wouldn't it? At the end of this month of prayer, thing, right, we've done our praying, right, let's get on with the action. And most people tend to be activists rather than kind of intercessors or contemplatives or reflectives. Uh, so it's great to do the, the stuff. But it's also important that we keep on praying. And this parable speaks directly to us on that. That we need to keep on praying and not give up. This parable is about a woman who needed justice. And uh, in Jesus' time, and let's face it, it's not changed that much, uh, a woman didn't have any rights at all. She had no authority, no resources, no power. And so she goes to the only person who can grant her justice, a judge. She is completely without hope completely without resources and she goes to the one who has and I think when it comes to prayer that's a great place to start so as we start thinking about the implementation of our vision it could be really easy to get carried away with all sorts of good ideas I've been thrilled that so many people from this church have been coming to me saying 
you know what, I've got this great idea to do mission in this way or mission in that way. And I mean, it's been thrilling to hear it. And to be honest, I've been slowing things down because I don't want us to just run off and do stuff in our own strength. Whatever we do needs to be based on the foundation of prayer. See, prayer says one thing to God. Prayer is basically us saying, we have no resources of our own. On my own, I can do nothing. I am entirely dependent upon you. See, it's really easy to do stuff for God without God. Isn't it? It's really easy to do that. But if we are to be effective in reaching this town with the good news of Jesus, then we need the power of God. It is as simple as that. It is not about what we do. It is about what God does. And that's what prayer is about. Prayer is saying, Lord, I am hopeless on my own. I have no ability. I have no resources. I am inadequate as a person to fulfill the call upon my life. See, when we get to that point, we only have two choices. To go into despair or to throw ourselves into prayer. So when you look at all we could do in this town, when you look at the enormity of the problems in this town, we could easily be led to despair. But we have a God who is the answer to all that problem, who has the answers to every need in this town, who has the resources we need to reach everyone with the good news of Jesus. And so we need to continually throw ourselves into prayer. It's as simple as that. Prayer is us saying we are inadequate, but God has the power to do all that we need. And so we should always pray and never give up. And when we pray, it does something for us. See, what Jesus does not often in his parables is he's trying to change people's perspective on who God is. See, when you read that parable, you could easily think that in some way this unjust judge is God. That's not. Jesus has thrown up comparison and he's saying, look, even this judge who says did not fear God or fear man, if even this judge gave in to the woman, imagine how much more your God in heaven, who is a good God, who longs to give you good things, how much more will he answer your prayer? He's putting up a comparison. Sometimes it feels to us, doesn't it, that when we're praying, we are praying to that unjust judge, that God isn't answering our prayer. It can feel that way. And some of you may have prayed for things for years and never seen an answer. And in your, the back of your mind, God is more like that judge than the good father. But nothing could be further from the truth. There are always reasons why God might withhold an answer to prayer. There are always reasons why we might be praying for the wrong thing. But he is always a good, good father who longs to bless his kids. Who longs to pour out blessings upon his people. Upon his chosen ones, as it says in that parable. 
God longs to bring justice to his chosen ones. And we need to constantly change our perspective on who God is to see him as the one who is the answer to our prayers and who longs to answer our prayers. It is too easy to simply think, right, he's not answering my prayer. He's either unhappy with me, I'm too sinful, I'm unworthy of his answers. But God is a good God. And we've said that time and time again from the front because I think Christians sometimes have a wrong idea of who God is. And we need to change our perspective. See, I don't know what you expect now at the end of this month of prayer. I know what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for revival. I hoped for an amen at that point, but there you go. Thank you. What we might get is just more the same what we've been doing what happens if nothing changes well this parable says we keep on praying we just keep on praying it's as simple as that we keep on praying and we pray passionately see the thing is we we always pray passionately for what we care for don't we on uh, Wednesday I am uh, I decided to have a day of prayer because I'm kind of holy like that. You may have noticed how holy I am. Um, and uh, I thought, right, I'm going to pray for a revival in the town. I'm going pr- to pray for all of you lot, you know, and I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for all sorts of things. And I had it all set out in my mind. Oh, my word, it was such hard work. It was so hard. Trying to spend hours praying I'm like, I prayed for five minutes and my mind was elsewhere. I was thinking about what I was doing tomorrow and I was thinking about Liverpool Football Club and who were they going to play at the weekend. And it's like, oh, this is so hard. That's why it says in the Bible, always pray, don't give up. Keep on praying, persevere in prayer. It's in there because it's hard. It's not always easy. I can tell you now though, the thing that made was easy to pray was when I was praying for my kids and for Andrea because they were the things I cared for the most on Thursday I had no problem praying because my daughter rang me who's uh, in Leeds at uh, half six in the morning dad, dad, she's crying at the end of the phone uh, someone's just trying to break into the house I'm terrified, I'm scared really easy to pray then I could pray passionately for Jessica at that point But when I'm praying for the people of Southport, hmm, not quite so passionate. See, the biggest barrier, I think, to us praying passionately for our town is that we just don't care. Or we don't care enough. And I want to give you a challenge this morning that if you don't know what to pray at any point, you simply pray this prayer, Lord, I want to love the people of this town like you do. Because when you learn that, you'll have no problem praying. See, our problem isn't with prayer, it's with care. We just don't care enough. And if I'm honest, 
You know, I'm praying for the town and sometimes it feels like I'm just doing it because, well, I think I really should. Or maybe you're thinking, well, I'm doing this because Steve told me to. But I want to get to that point where I curse so passionately about the loss of this town that prayer is just a natural thing to do. Because let's face it, there are a lot of lost people in this town, aren't there? And we're all right. You know, we know that when we die, hey, we're going to see the Father. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus. It's great, isn't it? Isn't it great being a Christian? It doesn't matter what happens to you. You know that the end of the story is you're in glory. You're happy forever. But what about them? What about all those hundreds of people as you walk to church today that you passed who don't know Jesus? Do we really, really care about them? Care about them so much that it just drives us to our knees in prayer. See, the, the widow in the story, she was passionate, wasn't she? She didn't just go to the judge and the judge said no and she walked away and shrugged her shoulders and said, well, that's it then. She went back and she went back and she went back because she really cared about getting justice. We don't, I mean, Jesus doesn't tell us what the issue is. It doesn't matter what the issue is. She cared enough to seek it, to keep going back to the judge, demanding justice. Do we truly have a heart for Southport? The kind of heart that drives us to our knees so that we pray passionately for the lost people of this town. I love to, um, to read about uh, some of the great revivals in history. And uh, I've been reflecting a little bit on uh, the Hebridean revival that happened in 1949 in, in the Hebrides, <laughs> in Scotland. And it's probably the last great revival in this country. And people talk about Duncan Campbell, who was the preacher who kind of, who supposedly started it all off. And, you know, it saw whole communities across those islands radically changed. But Duncan Campbell himself said, himself said that it wasn't him who started the revival. It was two elderly sisters, one 82, one 84, one of them completely blind, who realising the state of the church in the Hebrides saw that there were no young people at all going to church decided to pray they cared enough to pray and to not just pray like an hour or so on a Wednesday night but to pray twice a week from 10 o'clock at night to 4 o'clock in the morning 6 hours of prayer twice a week every week for weeks on end See, they were the ones Duncan Campbell pointed to and said they started the revival. They were the ones who actually had a vision of him coming to preach. They were the ones who drew in others to start praying. It was those elderly Christian women who on their knees brought revival to the Hebrides. And it was an incredible revival. There were incredible things happened. Duncan Campbell t- tells stories of how sometimes of a night he'd be preaching to hundreds of people and it felt like nothing would ha- was happening. 
And then he'd get a young boy called uh, Duncan the Praying Boy. So it wasn't just about the old, it was about the young as well. And this 15-year-old lad, he said, Duncan, would you pray for us? And he simply stood up, put his hands together and said, Father. And at that point, all of heaven was let loose in that building and people fell to the floor, crying their eyes out, seeking God, as that young boy simply prayed, Father. One night he was praying to to 300 people. Again, nothing was happening. And he got someone to pray, and he was walking to, to the back of the church to end the meeting. The meeting had been going on for two hours at that point. And uh, he opened the back door, and outside were 600 people waiting to get in. They'd heard that something was happening. So he invited them in and preached 800 people. And then someone came from the nearest town and said, you've got to come to the jail, you've got to come to the jail. And there, 400 people gathered outside the jail. They didn't even know why they were there. A coach load from 12 miles away simply just came because they felt it was the right thing to do. What they didn't know was right next door to the jail was the house of the two elderly women who prayed. See, places of prayer become magnets for people. See, when you pray, anything can happen. When you pray, things change. And I don't know what will happen because we pray. But what I do know is that we should keep on praying. Regardless of what goes on. We keep on praying and we do not give up. See, we need to pray until we see something happen. And we need to keep on praying until something happens. One of my greatest... Uh, the, the, the guy I love the most in the Old Testament is Elijah. I love Elijah. You know, he's just so much fun, isn't he? He's, he's a bit of a wild, wacky prophet who takes on the 500 prophets of Baals in this kind of supernatural battle to bring down fire from heaven. I love that kind of story. And of course, he wins, you know? Uh, and at the end of that story, there's a little thing that... Elijah had called a drought over the whole land because they were, they were so against God. And so he prophesied a drought over the land. And as he called down fire from heaven, he realized it was time to end the drought. The prophets of Baal had been defeated. And so he climbs to the top of the mountain with his servants and he looks over the sea and he kneels down with his head between his knees And says in James, he prayed fervently, he prayed passionately for rain. And after he prayed for a while, he sent his servant to look over the sea. And the servant came back and said, I don't see anything. So he prays again, sends his servant, nothing. Pray seven times. We don't know how long he prayed, but it was a considerable amount of time. Until eventually the servant came back and said, I see a cloud in the distance the size of... Of a man's hand. And at that point, Elijah knew his prayer had been answered. Rain was coming. See, if we want to see the rain of God's blessing upon this town, we need to keep on praying until we see something happen. And we'd never, ever, ever give up. We cannot give up on prayer. In, in the midst of all that we will do, we cannot give up on prayer. We need to make sure that we keep praying until we see something change. That woman kept asking the judge. 
should keep going back day in and day out. It says in that parable that Jesus said, how much more will God the Father pour out justice on his chosen ones to those who cry out to him day and night? God is looking for a people who will pray passionately, consistently, constantly for the lost people of this world. Who will cry out to him day and night. The question is, who will be those people? Will it be us? Will we be those people who come before God recognising our complete inadequacy to do anything? Recognising his total adequacy to do all? And say, Lord, would you pour out your power upon us now? So what next for us? What next? Because that's the big question, isn't it? Having done our month of prayer, that's great. Done a month. What do we do next? Well, first thing is this. We just commit to prayer. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff over these next years. But the undercurrent of it, the foundation of it, needs to be passionate, ceaseless prayer. Whether that is you, that is particularly you just spending time with God. You know, I've been encouraged that people have picked up that uh, prayer diary that we had for the month of prayer and found it useful. Use that as a springboard to, to ensure that you keep on praying day in and day out. And that you keep on praying for this town. That you never get sidetracked from that. You never be put off by that, by all the negative things that you'll see around you. By all the negative news about Southport or the negative news about people around you. You keep on praying, you commit to prayer and you never stop. The second thing is this, that you pray biblically see it's really sometimes it's hard to know what to pray let me encourage you you pick up a bible you read the book of acts and you say lord do that now what i see in acts lord would you do that today there's a great prayer in habakkuk chapter uh, chapter 3 verse 2 and habakkuk is, is prophesying to the people of israel at a time of real difficulty they had not seen the move, a move of God for a long time. And so Habakkuk prays this prayer. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. Lord, what you did then, do today. So when you read the Bible, you can pray, Lord, what you did then, would you do today? When you read about healing of the lepers, Lord, what you did then would you do today? When you read about the blind seeing, Lord, what you did then would you do today? When you read about Peter preaching to 3,000 and they all get saved, Lord, would you do today what you did then? Because God never changes. What he did then, he will do today. And he's just looking for a people who will pray that into being. Will we be those people? Pray biblically. Pray in faith for God to move in power. Third thing is this, pray with others. You know, it's been lovely to get together on a Wednesday night or and others have met on Friday morning. It is important that we pray with others. 
And not many people are comfortable with that, I know. You know, some people kind of, oh, I don't like praying out loud, I might get it wrong. Who cares if you get it wrong? God looks at your heart, not how eloquent you are. I mean, look at me, you know, I pray out loud. I'm not eloquent. God can use whatever prayer you pray. But it's alright if you just pray it in your heart as well. The important thing is that you pray with others. Lots of people look at uh, a verse in Matthew 18 that says, For where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. It's a reminder of God's presence when people get together. But they always forget the first half of that verse. Do you know what the first half says? Let me read it to you. It says this, Jesus says, Again, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. If two of you agree about anything here on earth, then my Father will do it for you. See, there's authority when you pray together. A different kind of authority than when you pray on your own. That's why it's important that we pray together. Because when we pray together and we agree on what we're praying for, there is authority, spiritual authority. And so whenever you get together in your small groups, I want to encourage you that you make sure that you spend time passionately praying for whatever it is you're doing as a small group. Passionately praying for those people that you know who are lost. Passionately praying for this town and this church. Whenever you get together for any of our ministries, if you're part of the leadership of it and you get together, spend time praying passionately for your ministry. And agree together because there is power in that. So pray together. And the final thing is this. Don't give up. Just keep going. Just keep going. There's meant to be four things on there, but they don't seem to have come up. Oh, there we go. And the last one. You're too busy listening. That's a good sign. Okay. And the last one. Don't give up. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus ends that parable with a, a kind of phrase that seems to go off on a tangent. He says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? That's a bit out the blue. So when Jesus talks, it, there's, there's things he's looking for when he comes back. So one of them is clearly how we are ministering to the poor. That's Matthew 25. That's important. When he comes back, he wants to see those who know him feeding the hungry, clothing the, the, the naked, housing the homeless, healing the sick. He wants to see that. I think in this phrase, what he's saying is, when he comes back, will he still find a people who are faithfully praying for the power of God to fall upon the land? Will he find that? Because that is an act of faith. Otherwise, why would he add that phrase at the end of a parable on persistently praying? So don't give up. When it feels like nothing's happening, nothing's changing, don't give up. When you don't feel like praying, don't give up. When no one else wants to pray, don't give up. When you're praying for one thing and it doesn't happen, don't give up. Even if things get worse... And that happens sometimes. Things have to get worse before they get better. Don't give up.
keep on, keep on praying. We have to be a praying people. I've said it before, that in my time, I want to see revival. And I hope you do too. I don't know what that would look like. I don't even know if we're prepared for it. We're probably not. But I want to see it. I want to taste what that would be like. I want to know what it would be like to see hundreds of people just flocking to know Jesus. And that will not come by our action, our deeds, our hard work. It will come simply through prayer. So let's pray. Let's always pray. And never, ever give up. Should we stand? And we're just going to be quiet for a moment. And if something stirred in you as I spoke, then I just want you quietly, as you stand, to simply do a bit of business with God and commit yourself to prayer. Whatever that might look like for you. Perhaps you don't even know what it might look like, but just say, Lord, I want this. I want to be someone who is praying persistently, constantly. I want to be someone who is praying for revival in this town. Just in a moment of silence, just offer yourself to God as that person.